Welcome to Evolve, reinventing leadership, building freedom cultures, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to providing leaders with solutions to build trust, inspire authentic transformation, and improve engagement. Learn about new and tested ways you can revitalize your culture, empower people, and transform your results. This is Yvette Bethel, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome you to the Evolve podcast. Evolve challenges traditional leadership thinking, explores modern leadership models, providing ideas you can use to transform yourself and your culture. We focus on leadership through the lens of interconnectivity, flow, and balance, and we explore ideas that translate into practical applications, contemporary organizational challenges. In this episode of Evolve, we will explore self-managing organizations and teams. And to explore this topic with us is consultant and expert Chiara Borello. According to Chiara, our organizational systems are not equipped to provide the necessary support that they need to ease the helplessness and inadequacy of people of the people experience when their territory is changing unprecedentedly. She supports leaders with or without titles to tap into themselves to achieve their goals mindfully and creatively as they adapt to the impact of change. Kiara supports creating safe spaces for dialogue so shared meaning and new energy for inspired action can emerge. Kiara has 10 years experience in senior management for high-end fashion houses and manufacturing, 10 years experience in personal and organizational development, and six years collaborating with organizations to create human-centric, self-managed teams and organizations. Her experience is founded on tertiary studies in organizational development, systems thinking, and the history of Western culture and society. She is certified in focusing a body-centered approach to psychotherapy developed by Dr. Eugene Gendlin. Hi, Kiara, and welcome to Evolve. Thank you for having me, Yvette. It's such a joy to talk to you anyway. I always enjoy having conversations with you. I always come out learning something new about the world, myself and you. <laughs> well, <laughs> the feeling is mutual. I'm just curious about how you got onto to this path of self-managed teams and organizations. What brought you here? Because this is not something typical. Yeah. I, at the core of my being, I've always believed that we need to share who we are fundamentally and not take away power or be condescending or uh, feel like, you know, we're at certain levels in organizations where we have power over people because our hierarchy, uh, most of our organizations are built on hierarchy, which means that we have power over others, mm -hmm. powers of decision making. And so there's no such thing as shared leadership. And so I believed in shared leadership. 
And I also understood that within that came a responsibility because it's not always shared within organizations. So I was given, you know, a title. I was quite young in my early 30s. And so my approach at the time was, let's, you know, especially because I was a new manager in an organization with people who have had been working there for, I don't know, 10 years. They grew up there as young women and men. And so I had a lot of people reporting to me. And at that time in the early 90s, um, you know, computers uh, and coding were much more, were coming into play, you know, learning how to use your computer in a very different way. I mean, we had computers, but it was all data entry. Now we have the capacity to manipulate data in a very different way where we had more, we can provide clients with more personalized, um, you know, approaches and providing them what they need, understanding, you know, what they buy, et cetera. And I was a buyer at the time and I bought uh, fabrics from, Uh, all over the world, very high-end fabrics. And so one of my desires was to share this leadership in in shared decision-making because, you know, when someone would receive information from a client, I wasn't privy to that. So we end up intuitively understanding our clients in ways that um, far exceed our capacity to do data entry, right? You know, I, I once uh, read uh, Tim Ferriss saying, as soon as I give, gave my um, employees power of decision-making, suddenly mm-hmm. their IQ went up. I mean, it's not that their IQ went up, it's just that they were given <laughs> the privilege of decision-making, right? Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so it just tells you that IQ isn't, you know, what it's cut out to be in the sense that it's not, it, it, just because we have an IQ, it doesn't make it doesn't mean that we make good decisions. If if we don't know how to collaborate uh, effectively and working with teams and having the capacity for vision, and so my approach was if we work together collaboratively and be responsible for our own happiness as well and making decisions, and we share that and they get the support. You know, the, my team would get the support for me, hopefully. Uh, that we'd be happier in an organization, except mm-hmm. that, you know, I wasn't exactly given the permission to do that with from my VP, whom I was reporting to. He wasn't quite happy because I guess he enjoyed power um, much more than um, more than anything else. And so shared leadership for him was like, no, I'm not sharing my leadership with you, you know, I said, I'm not asking for you to do that. I just want to do it with my team. And um, to make a long story short, I tried and it it actually didn't work. It failed on two levels, Um, but I never stopped trying it. it, You know, I didn't have the permission from my higher ups. And um, I also didn't get the cooperation from the people who reported to me. Because they were very fearful. They're saying, no, this organization is not like that. They just fire people on a dime. You make a mistake and you're going to fire me because you're going to blame me for making that mistake. And I was trying to encourage them that, no, I want to support. We learn from mistake. I want to support you as a human being through and through. And um, so it didn't work, but I did try. And I know that it did make a difference to people's lives but it's only in retrospect. And so I never quit, you know, I never quit. I made so many mistakes and also it wasn't, 
popular. It wasn't something that people understood. It was like, what is this beast you're talking about? Right? Well, you, you said three things. You, we're talking about self-managed teams and organizations. You talked about shared leadership, mm-hmm. about power. If you can share with us exactly what is a self-managed team and how those three elements play together within um, organizations and teams that are self-managed. You know, it's, um, there's, I just wanna make two distinctions here in answering that question. So there are organizations today that are 100% self-managed and I'm gonna give you some examples. And then there's other organizations that they create the opportunities in certain uh, areas, like for example, research and development area, uh, where they create, where they give people the permission to create self-managed teams. So what that means is that people will, you know, be attracted. So the attractor is if somebody has a, an idea or a vision that they want to collaborate with, um, or, or make it or manifest into the company, especially R&D, you know, most large organizations in research and development, they have the possibility of testing these things. So, mm-hmm. so, so what I'm trying to say is that there's self-managed 100% organizations that are 100% self-managed, and then there are organizations that are still in the hierarchical systems, but there's possibility for some areas or departments within organizations that they have the permission to uh, self-organize. What that means for these two different organizations is in a way the same, but not a hundred percent. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about first self-managed organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give you an example of a company called Birdsog in the Netherlands. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. So I'm going to tell you a story so it, it's more helpful to and to talk about abstractly. So many years ago, uh, maybe about 20, 25 years, 20 years ago, approximately, don't quote me on that. I don't quite remember exactly the timing, but about that timing, um, there's um, a nurse in the, who, who had been promoted into senior management and he loved being a nurse. Um, now he found himself in a hierarchy with lo- lots of red tape and he really saw that they're not giving their patients the help that they needed. So he was managing a particular area in the healthcare where after surgery, people needed care in their home. So they had these, it's part of their system. So people uh, would receive these nurses um, to help them heal quicker after their surgery or whatever it was, cancer surgery it could be a numerous amount of things um except that the the healing people ended up back in the hospital and they didn't fully heal and there was a lot of red tape because there was a lot of administrative stuff anyway to make a long story short he decided to leave and start his own organizations with four or five other people and what they did was they self-managed themselves and 20 some odd years later, they've taken on the market to self-manage their organizations. Now, no one has titles. What they focus on is 100% client-patient relationships and to heal quickly. So one of the things that they've made sure of is that the same nurse goes to see the same person more often. 
what happened is because they're fo so focused on the client healing, it takes them less time. Uh, well, for, for the, the healing happened quicker. They mm -hmm. spend 40% less time with the client, even though they focus much more on the clients. So they spend a lot more time with the client and less time on administration. So they cut out a lot of the administration stuff and made it very minimal. And then as they started to grow, so they what they basically happening is they made their own decisions as they needed to. So as the company grew, you have some questions. Yeah, I have a few. Uh, you said that there were no titles. Were there job descriptions or was there some type of position? Uh, description to help them Actually, not overlap? Thank you for asking that question because it's really important for self-managed organizations. There are no job descriptions, but there are roles. And the role is always based on the mission statement of the organizations, of the organization, and it is always client-focused. So they'll do what they need to do to achieve that so the role so they end up with what they call roles instead of um job descriptions and the roles often shift and they change like they could they could they could change so if i have my role uh if i was in this organization is basically client pair client patient and my job is to make sure that you heal quickly uh, or heal in a healthy way, I, the, speed is not the idea. Uh, although it does end up playing a role, it's just a result of it. But if I focus on you, uh, Yvette, after surgery, for example, and I show up every day, you and I start connecting on a human level. I say, hi, I sit with you, we'll have a coffee together. I might need to give you an injection or mm -hmm. whatever. So they'll bring coffee, they'll sit with people, they connect from a human level. And I know I'm, I'm from Canada, and I know that we have that service here too, except that they're in and out. They, they don't take the time with their clients, although they, they started to change that because Birdsog has influenced people on an international level. And they've actually captured the market because A, they, it, they cost less, so their prices are lower because there's less administration, people heal faster as a result. And um, so that's what's important. Now, because they have roles only, they focus on their roles, and then they see something happening where they can improve it, their role, mainly based on you know, client relationship, but also for themselves, because it's important to take care of ourselves, especially when we're working with with patients or clients, it doesn't really matter the organization. Looking after yourself is really important. Is that what they started to do is um, they hired coaches instead of managers mm -hmm. to take to, to look after different teams as the organization grew. So coaches meaning I have this issue, how can I solve it? And so they're always empowering the people on the ground with the client. So one yeah. thing that's one thing that's not clear you mentioned twice that administration goes away and you focus on the client it reduces it's reduced yeah but for people who are from the a traditional uh, kind of framework 
yeah. of managing an organization and, and teams, where does the administration go? Is it that they don't do it and someone else does it? Or is it that it's not necessary? Well, it's simplified, like really simplified. They still gather data. They still have to, you know, come in and, but it, it's not like they don't spend hours and hours on administration and having to report to different people. So the administrative process of, for example, if I'm a nurse and I'm on the road, I still have to enter some data on the computer. Mm -hmm. um, and it's for data gathering. As long as the client is happy, we don't look at the data immediately. We'll look at it when we need to. So it's never data driven. Mm -hmm. it's, it's people driven. It's, it's satisfying the client. So everyone's taken care of in the organizations, not only the clients, but the nurses as well with the approach of, um, well, by having coaches. But yes, so it's reduced. I don't know, I, I can't even tell you by the percentage because I don't have that number, but imagine where we had to, we, we could cut down on administration and paperwork. What, 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 it, what would it would look like in our day because most of uh, one of the things that I recognized, even as a manager earlier on, is uh, part of my expression, but most of the things that we do is try to cover our backs. I was just going to say uh, the paperwork is a result of low trust. And so <laughs> if you if you reduce that, the paperwork covers people. Exactly. Uh, covers them so that they can, in the event that someone doesn't remember or something else goes wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the paperwork is there. So if that's taken away, then you, the, the self-managed system also has to be built on trust. Is what Absolutely. And so decision-making also is not done by one person, although it can be, as long as it's, you know, it, it, there's, there's, there's rules, let's just say. There's, I call them agreements. I call them relational agreements because it touches two levels. What I encourage is having relational agreements for potential conflicts because between human beings we don't always understand each other we have different values we have different backgrounds different cultural backgrounds and so on and so forth so relational agreements are really important it works on the trust and then it just happens because we get to know each other but also um any 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 decision is you know within a team if you and i are working together and I make a decision without, you know, if you and I are partners, rather, or we work together and I make a decision without checking in with you, wouldn't you be annoyed? It, it doesn't mean that you want to make the decision. It's just that you want to be able to collaborate. And in fact, when we collaborate, our decisions are much better than if I would make them alone. Like for bigger things, you know? Yeah. Daily is not necessary. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because uh, the other thing, uh, as you were talking, I'm trying to think about well, what, what skills do leaders need and, and what is the definition of leadership in this new paradigm or different paradigm? It's not, it doesn't sound like it's a new one, but not a lot of people know about it. Good like, point. For instance, you may have uh, a manager that says, take the initiative, but then when you take the initiative and you don't communicate and collaborate with that initiative, uh, then it's like, you didn't tell me, uh, I don't think we should do it this way. I think it should be this way, you know? So then that happens. 
So that's right. How do we overcome, uh, how do we overcome that uh, lack of understanding of how to balance this thing? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the worst thing a manager can say to their, if, if we're working in an organization, hierarchical organization, the last thing a manager needs to say is take initiative. Because honestly, I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> but I think I do. So I'm going to go out and do stuff. So communicating what you mean by take initiative, you know, there's hidden agendas sometimes behind managers yes. as to why they say that and their own beliefs. Yes. So it's like, um, you know, I read this book many years ago called The One Minute Manager. Yeah. And one of the things that stood out to me in that particular book is that how to set up people for failure and how <laughs> like you hire people. And then you just give them a desk and a phone and say, figure it out. That's like, obviously, and that's why, you know, onboarding became popular because, but even onboarding processes today still have a lot to be desired because yeah. they're, they're saying here, here, here's a, here's a video and a course on doing onboarding. There's, there's nothing about being human in that or relational. Mm -hmm. um, you know, working with people, really sort of taking the approach of mentoring so we can certainly connect and understand each other. So the initiative, so the, already the managers are starting off with, I'm the boss and, you know, figure it out. It doesn't work that way. What if managers do become coaches and support people and empower them to make decisions, give them some leeway? but also learn how to com communicate with each other and saying, what do you really mean? I mean, it's not up to me to ask you what you, what you mean. I mean, I'm kind of bold that I would do that to my bosses, but not everyone will do that. They, people are, are um, they mean well. And so they want to please you. If I, if I was, if you were my boss, I would want to please you. So I'm going to try to figure out what you mean and give you what you want, what I think you want. And then you tell me it's wrong. And that's hurtful. So we need to learn our own impact on other people. And we know today that there's lots of data that supports that people don't love, like their bosses or their managers. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons, yeah, oh, go sorry. ahead. Go sorry. ahead, go ahead. I thought you had uh, finished. What are some of the um, skills, the non-traditional skills that leaders need to pull off some mm. team or organization? Um, I think it requires, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that, a certain level of courage or let's say fearlessness. What that yeah. means is learning how to be vulnerable because, you know, and, and open um that doesn't mean that i tell you all about my family affairs or whatever what's happening in my family or talk about my spouse that i'm not gonna that that's not vulnerability that's just that's not vulnerability it just means how i'm feeling in the moment or how i'm seeing things in the moment or you know collaborating opening myself up to let's say i'm you know i'm in a position of leadership is inviting in your opinion now that's a hard thing to do. So the people who have succeeded in, self, in, in creating self-managed companies, they had this complete trust starting with themselves 
because they had this capacity to engage people and connect with people. And so they trusted them as well. So they gave them that leeway to figure things out. But the leaders do provide some sort of support and, and, and you know, help coaching generally. And, um, but I'm also a believer that, yeah, so there is some, a huge amount of self-awareness that has to happen within the leaders who are willing and, and able to want to do that. It can't be just because it's fashionable. Right. In that case, you're better off sticking to your hierarchy because it causes a lot of harm in an organization if you can't follow through with it. From your perspective, why should an organization or business owner um, consider self-managed teams? Like what, what are the benefits of doing it that way? So I'm going to contradict myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard someone say, I'd rather be with, I'd rather be um, with a leader like the Dalai Lama and having him be a dictator than to have some of the political, uh, I won't name who, but he named a particular uh, leader, said than, than to be in a free market with this particular leader. Mm. So self-management, you know, it needs to be done in little tiny steps if that's the way you want to do. But self-management really is um, not for everybody. It isn't for everybody. It's also not for um, it's not for all types of organizations either. So, but what it really takes. So back to your question, it's not so much the process or the structure rather of the self-organizing teams. The way I see it is, can we be more human-centered or human-centric? Can we uh, communicate differently and giving our employees the necessary tools and skills to feel whole as a human being? Can they show up being who they are and putting them in positions where they can shine? So it doesn't matter if it's in hierarchical or not. To me, the approach of um, knowing how to, knowing um, transparency in an organization is possible, even if it's hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Because part of the, the idea of self-managed teams is transparency, trust, um, connecting with each other on a human level. So our creativity can really increase because we are, naturally creative and I distinguish that between being artistically uh, skilled or you know creative is everybody you know so I make that distinction and when we tap into that when we have that capacity to make decisions at every step of the way without being yelled at and called an idiot you know um, it doesn't matter you know if it's a self-managed organization or hierarchical but it does remove layers of hierarchy. You know, it, it, it ends, people end up doing that. And again, it really depends on the type of organization. Sometimes it's not called for. Maybe sometimes you do need someone to make decisions for certain things. Um, and I've seen that. I remember the, um, the founder, one of the founders of, or, yeah, of Medium, 
um, they tried this whole self-management thing, but they used a process uh, that didn't work for them. And it's a, a decision-making process called holacracy. And they, it didn't work for them because they, they, the, team, the, the meetings are too organized. And I, I don't actually support uh, holacracy as it is, but it can work if, if for different types of organizations like engineering, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it works really well. So I'm not saying it's bad, but in this particular case, Medium was saying that um, it took away from their creative uh, process because one of the things that they found most um, fruitful, which they weren't aware of, is having dialogue with people. It's just hanging out. You know, I come to see you on your desk and we start talking about life. We start talking about this client, that client, or this article, that article. And we talk about things and it generates our own creativity. Mm -hmm. So that was lost. So they came back to, we prefer if certain decisions are made and let us do our thing, you know, and let us continue being human beings in a different way. So, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't be self-organized. It's just that they had a process called holacracy that didn't work for them. Yeah. So when I work with my clients, I say, we're going to take a little bit of this. We're going to take a little bit of that because any process must reflect who they are as an organization. Oh, that is such a powerful statement um, because I don't think of any particular process is the, ans the answer. I think exactly. so. Exactly. I think in in uh, bringing it all together as we wrap up, uh, my last question for you is really: It sounds like uh, you know, self managed teams can be you can be a purist about it, or you can you know mix it in with a lot of other things. Uh, what would be the best advice that you would give to our listeners? Um, you know, your parting advice to let them know why use it and how to integrate it or whatever it is that you want to share? Mm. Well, it really depends on the founders or the co-founders uh, mission. I'm going to give you an example. One of my clients has the reason why they went self-managed and it wasn't easy for them. It took them a long time and they, uh, the owners started to um, hired coaches to become more aware of their own buttons and reactions to situations. So what they did was um, they, they went through a process of knowing themselves. Sorry, I'm going to ask you to repeat the question again, because I want to stay focused on <laughs> like getting away from myself. <laughs> In essence, uh, I said that there's Basically, it sounds to me that there's a spectrum of self-managed managed yeah. and uh, you can be a purist or you can have some combination of approaches that include self-managed teams and organizations. My question was, what's the best advice? Yeah, the best advice is uh, to really understand. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to really understand your reason of living in in an organization so this particular client they wanted well-being for themselves but they also wanted well-being for their each and every individual in the organization mm -hmm. so their processes reflect that which mm -hmm. meant 
that if people want to work three days a week, then they can work three days a week. If they can't come in at nine o'clock in the morning because they're a single parent and they can only start at 10, well, they can start at 10. So they created, for example, um, four different shifts and they work four days a week. They don't work five days anymore hmm. because well-being is important. And they have, they, their success, there are success stories. There are success stories because they deliver on time and um, their business is, is, is doubling for the past seven years. It's been doubling since they went um, self-managed. So it sounds to me that alignment is, is the key. Uh, just make sure that whatever you do, it's aligned with your mission, your core values, your purpose of the organization. Yeah. And exactly. it, make it your own. And, and right. And people, yeah, and people align with that vision. Mm-hmm. And all your processes align with that vision. Mm-hmm. All right. Powerful ending, Kiara. Thank you very much uh, for such an engaging conversation. Your insights will certainly help me and our audience to create, if we want to, um, self-managed organizations and teams or get started into looking into it because this is an introductory conversation. So this has been Yvette Bethel and Kiara Barello. And you can learn more about Kiara at her website. You want to share your URL, Kiara? Yeah, right now my website is still in French and it's going to be in English very soon. So it's www.solutionsorg.ca. So solutionsorg.ca. Solutionsorg.ca if you want to connect with Kiara. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. And join our vibrant network of leaders who are challenging the leadership paradigm at ifbnetwork.co. We would love to have you there. Thanks a million. (laughs) Thank you, Yvette. This has been a good conversation. See see you soon. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Evolve, Reinventing Leadership, Building Freedom Cultures. Join our vibrant network of leaders who are challenging the leadership paradigm in an innovative learning and impact network. Check out our webpage at ifbnetwork.co to learn more about and join our exciting ecosystem of high-performing leaders.